This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we want to discuss, I think, a very, what is a very important subject, standing in the gap. I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss it today. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and we've been offering this course for a long, long time. You say, well, why do you continue to offer it? Because people continue to request the course. We want you to have the opportunity to know more about the course and know how to receive it, so why don't we pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314 Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read to you today a passage from the Old Testament, a passage from the book of Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter. And I'm going to read now verse number 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. That there was a little boy went down to the drugstore. He went in and he found the owner of the drugstore, and he said, uh, I understand that uh, Willie used to work here. He said, uh, yes, sir, that's right, Willie used to work here. He said, I just wonder if you would hire me to take Willie's place. Little Willie hadn't been the best employee, and this man looked down at a little boy that came in making this inquiry, and he said, Willie didn't leave a place. Well, let me tell you, there's a place for us all. There is a place for us to stand in the gap. In the verse that I've read to you from the book of Ezekiel, that this gives us the figure of a besieged city. And, and there are breaches or gaps that are made in the wall. And when those gaps are made in the wall, then the enemy can rush inside the city and overcome it. This passage likely refers to the siege of Jerusalem. And it would fall because of the sin of its inhabitants. You see, sin always exposes men to danger. 
Sin makes gaps that allows the assault of the enemy to come against us. This is exactly what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. That there was a gap in the wall. This is what happened with Israel when they were in the wilderness. And, and many of them died in the wilderness. There was a gap in the wall. This is what happened in the Old Testament when Achan uh, stole some of the spoils of war and hid them in his tent. Israel was defeated. There was a gap in the wall. This is what happened while, when David numbered the people. And there was a pestilence that came that destroyed 10,000 people. You see, gaps open up a way for the enemy to come in. Now let's think about what Ezekiel is talking about in, here in this passage. Ezekiel had already prophesied against some of the false prophets. Back in the 13th chapter in verse 2, he said, son of, the Lord said, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say unto them, that prophesy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of the Lord. So, so Ezekiel was dealing with prophets, or if you'll let me put that in the modern day terminology, preachers. These were men who were preaching and prophesying to the people of God. And their message was not from God, but rather they told lies. Why would they do that? Why they did that in order to win popularity. Well, for example, in Jeremiah 5 and 30, uh, Jeremiah said a wonderful and a horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. You see, the reason the prophets were telling lies is because they knew that's what the people wanted to hear. There really wasn't any genuine concern for truth. They were concerned for popularity, and they had lulled themselves to sleep with, with a false sense of security. And they had simply put up a front. Go back to Ezekiel 13 again beginning in verse 10. And there the Bible says that one built up a wall and others daubed it with untempered mortar. And then the Lord said, I will rend it, that is, I will destroy it with a stormy wind in my fury. And so what these prophets were doing was nothing more than just whitewashing the wall. And it would make it very, very easy for the enemy to come and to enter in. There was no one standing in the gap. There is a tremendous need today for men and women to stand in the gap. We need to have a sense of duty to guard an imperiled people against danger. And there are all kinds of dangers out there today. We just need to be conscious of those dangers. For example, there are physical dangers. That's the reason when you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you advice about what to do to help preserve your physical health. He's simply standing in the gap. 
That's the reason we have a military in our nation. They are there to stand in the gap. They are trying to, to guard us and protect us from physical dangers. And that's the reason that we have parents who instruct their children. Maybe a mother tells her little boy, don't get close to the street. She's warning him about physical dangers. But people need to be warned about moral dangers and spiritual dangers as well. Someone, someone must stand in the gap. There are all kinds of immoral dangers today and spiritual dangers. And so we need the soldiers of Christ to arise today and to stand in the gap. Those who lead God's people, those who serve as elders of God's church, need to be standing in the gap. Peter wrote to elders in 1 Peter chapter 5 and wrote and said, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not willingly, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And then when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Paul in Acts chapter 20 was addressing the Ephesian elders. And he said to them in verse 28 beginning, Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. You see, elders, leaders must stand in the gap. And there is a greater need today than ever before. Those who are preaching the gospel must stand in the gap. The Paul told Timothy to preach the word, to be instant in season and out of season, to reprove and to rebuke and to exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. We must preach the word. We need to be certain we're preaching the word and not our opinion. We need to be sure that we're preaching the word and not what we think people just want to hear. In writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul said, Take heed to thyself and to thy doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. You see, in preaching... The preacher is not only saving other people, but he had better preach so he saves his own soul. Stand in the gap. And parents need to stand in the gap today. I only wish we had more parents like Joshua. When Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15 said, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, they're on the other side of the flood. Or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. He was standing in the gap. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, Paul wrote to fathers, and he said, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but, but bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. 
stand in the gap. Oh, how we need to be standing in the gap for our children today. I've seen pictures of the Great Wall of China. Oh, how massive it is. But in a period of 300 years, I mean rather 100 years, that wall was penetrated by the enemy three times. How did they do it? They bribed the guards and walked right in. You see, while they were building the wall, somebody forgot to teach their children integrity and honesty and duty and responsibility. We need to stand in the gap today. We need to stand in the gap for the sacred things of God. And I want us to think about some of those sacred things that we need to be standing for today. For example, there is the name of God itself. When God delivered the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments to Israel, one of them was this, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And we still should not. We should still revere and reverence and respect and have the name of God in all. But nowadays, God's name is used so loosely, it is deplorable at what comes out of the mouths of some people. Respect the name of God. Stand in the gap for the name of God. I, I was at a football game with my family. Young man sitting right next to me invoking the name of God in a very vulgar, loose, immoral way. And frankly, I, I, I listened to it longer than I wanted to. I listened to it about three minutes. And I finally turned to him and I said, Young man, if you're going to sit next to me you're going to have to hush your mouth. I, and I said, this is my family here with me. And I said, you can't talk like that in the presence of my family. And there was silence all around. Because I said it, you know, with the preacher tone, you know what I mean? And he, could be, he was quiet the rest of the game. That was the end of it. I was not going to sit there and let him use the name of God in vain without my standing up for God. We need to stand in the gap for God's word. And it is God's word. The book I hold in my hand is not man's word. It's God's revealed will to man. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And when I read the Bible, I am instructed in things concerning righteousness. And I'll tell you something. When you study the Bible, you'll find out one thing. God's ways are better than your ways. And God's thoughts are superior to your thoughts. In Isaiah 55, the Lord said in verse 89, As the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my thoughts than your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. The Bible is a great stabilizer 
of civilization. A man about to, uh, Darwin said that a man about to be shipwrecked on some unknown island will devoutly pray that the message of Christ will have reached that far. Well, now the reason is wherever the message of Christ goes, wherever the word of God goes, that it brings civilization to the world. Stand in the gap today for the Bible. We, we need to stand in the gap for life. To stand up for life. It is sad that the lives of some are snuffed out before they ever are allowed to live. Isn't that, isn't that sad? But, but we need to respect life because God is the giver of it. Acts 17, 28 says, In Him we live and move and have our very being. And also the Bible teaches in Exodus 20, Thou shalt not kill. And even here in the Christian age in which we now live, it is still wrong to kill. It literally means thou shalt do no murder. And yet we live in an age where life is so cheap, but we need to stand in the gap for, for life itself. And then we need to stand in the gap for the church. If we do not stand in the gap for it, who will? Jesus promised that he would build it. And he said, I will give unto thee the keys, to Peter, he said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Prior to that, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And it was on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 that Peter used the keys of the kingdom. And as he preached, he opened up the kingdom, the church, for those who were of the Jewish world. Then in Acts the 10th chapter, he used the keys of the kingdom again. And he opened up the kingdom of God for the Gentile world. We need to stand up for the church today. We live in a time when some people want to belittle the church. They look down on it. But we need to stand in the gap for the church. We need to stand in the gap for the home today. This is the backbone of civilization. A poet said, so long as we have homes where women are and children stay, so, so long as we have homes where men return at close of day, if love and loyalty and faith abide across those seals, a stricken nation can recover from its gravest ills. And I believe that. You see, our homes are the backbone of civilization. And as long as we have homes that believe in God and believe the Bible, homes that are praying together, we're going to have homes that stay together, and it's going to have a lasting impact upon our nation. But the home is in crisis today. I don't think I have to tell you that. We're told by some that one of out of every two marriages will eventually end in divorce. I can remember when I began preaching many years back that, that we were telling people back in those days that one out of every three or four marriages is ending in divorce. That, and now that has increased to one out of Approximately one out of two. 
Something is wrong. We need to stand in the gap for the home today and do everything that we can to keep our homes together. And I'll tell you this. You divorce yourself from God before you, di- before you di- divorce yourself from one another. In Psalms 127 in verse 1, the psalmist said, Except the Lord build a house. That they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. So you see, it is important that we have God in our home. That, that particular passage has reference to the building of walls around cities in, in, in ancient times. And, and there'd be a watchman on that wall looking for the approach of the enemy. And when he saw the enemy coming, he, he would warn the inhabitants of the city to prepare for war. And I don't think we can misunderstand that passage. Unless the Lord is keeping our home, unless He is at the heart of and the core of our home. You're going to have a hard time, a very difficult time, keeping the enemy out. Yes, we need to be standing in the gap for the home today. And we need to build our homes God's way. Now, I realize that some people have redefined family. I said people have done it. The government has done it. Men have done it. And and they they want to tell us now that family is not what we have always thought family was. But let me tell you, God is the one who made families. And marriages are made in heaven and not in the courthouse. And not in the White House. Marriages are made in heaven. God joins a man and woman together. And in Matthew 19 and 6, Jesus said, What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. We need to stand in the gap for the home. That is the way God intended it. And He intended one man, one woman for life. We need to stand in the gap for our own souls. Jesus in Matthew 16, 26 asked, Well, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Well, now how would you answer that question? And he asked this question, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I need to be concerned about my own soul. But then I need to be concerned about the souls of my family. I need to be concerned about the souls of my fellow man. Question is asked back in the book of Genesis. Am I my brother's keeper? In that case, it had been better if he had been his brother's brother because he killed his brother. But but there is a true sense in which all of us are our brother's keeper that they will have some responsibility to try to help other people do better. And I need to stand in the gap for that which will live throughout all eternity. And that's the soul of a man, the soul of a woman, a boy or a girl. 
That's the reason we have getting to know your Bible. Because we're concerned about souls. We must stand in the gap. And what's the result of standing in the gap? Well, first of all, if we stand in the gap, God is glorified. If we stand in the gap, the enemy is defeated. And further, if we stand in the gap, our souls are saved. Let me tell you about the one who stood in the gap for you. And that was Jesus. You see, there was a breach between you and God. As it were, there was a hole in the wall. And Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. Tasting of death for every man, Hebrews 2 verse 9. Being wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. To stand in the gap for you. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus was perfect. He did not know sin, but Jesus died for your sins and for mine. He stood in the gap. And He wants you to be saved. To be saved, you have to appreciate the great love of God. To be saved, you have to recognize that you are lost without Jesus Christ. And that He died to save you. To be saved, you must know, need to know what to do to be saved. And in order to be saved, you must believe in Jesus with all of your heart. John 8, 24. John chapter 1, verse 12. John 3, 16. You must be willing to repent of all of your sins. Acts 17, verse 30. Luke 13, 3 teaches that. You must be willing to confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Acts 8, 37, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And then further, the Bible teaches that to be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, in addition to these other things, you are to be baptized into Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. He stood in the gap for you. Oh, I'd encourage you to become a Christian today by believing in Him and being baptized for the remission of your sins. If we can assist you in that, let us know. Now in the closing moments, let me give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You'll find a group of people who are trying to stand in the gap, people trying to do what's right. And also, may I encourage you right now to pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. This could be the single greatest thing that you've ever done for yourself. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.